News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 131 of the Luke Messias Show. Today we are going to talk about Republicans' plan to fail at the Texas border. And that is right. I said that correctly. Republicans' plan to fail at the Texas border. We're going to talk about the brewing battle in the GOP over uh, how many Democrats should have chairmanships and whether or not all of the delinquent Democrats who fled our state for two months should keep all of their powerful chairmanships, which they use to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars to turn Texas blue. We're also going to talk about property taxes and just the the lost perspective of our politicians when it comes to the issue. Okay. First and foremost, Republicans plan to fail at the border. And uh, I'm not just going to give you my opinion. We're going to start by actually showing you a clip of a debate that happened just last week on the Texas House floor. Now, Republicans passed a plan to spend $1.8 billion more on the Texas-Mexico border. We have 700,000 people who have simply walked across the border since January of this year. And those are rough estimates. Honestly, it's probably higher than that, but it's also probably that might be a little higher than like the recorded number. And then they say that that's maybe half of the people that are getting trafficked. You could double it. So I'm kind of splitting the baby and telling you it's at least 700,000 people who have crossed the Texas-Mexico border illegally. At the start of his layout, Chairman Greg Bonin actually um, laid out his reasons and said, we, he shared testimonies of ranchers on the border saying these people have come across, our, our wives and children can't go outside without being scared. This is a major issue. Now, the definition of a secure border is a border in which people cannot simply come across, right? So if you had a backyard and you said, my backyard is a secure backyard, it would mean that people who you didn't want in your backyard had a hard time getting in your backyard. That would be like the definition. If you have a secure home, it means people can't get in your house. So interestingly, though, the Democrats asked Chairman Greg Bonin why we are spending $750 million to build a wall. Now, by the way, about $250 million of that is going to be like on a wall wall. $250 million of that is going to be on chain link fences, which Don Huffines and other people have gone down to the border and shown just the ridiculousness of the fact that we're constructing chain link fences instead of a permanent wall that is hard to make around. These fences just end and you just walk right around them. Um, and then the other $250 million is going to be spent like on temporary barriers. And I still don't really know what that is. And, and it wasn't clear what that was through the debate, but that's okay. So the Democrats asked Chairman Bonin, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And this is the Republican chairman of appropriations saying why we are building a wall. So I'm just going to let him tell you what Republicans' plan is with the wall. Here you go. What performance metrics did you look at uh, in the construction of a wall as a uh, valid intervention? So the $250 million that was initially moved was seed money to actually study this very issue. When we heard from the, the border sheriffs, this question was asked of them, and each of them affirmed that they thought this would be not a singular solution, but an important component of helping them address the challenge that they're dealing with. And what are the performance metrics that they told you we should expect from this expenditure? 
that providing fencing or some form of barrier does help to shift the flow of people into more specific areas where you can identify who is actually crossing the border. And, and how many people? I'm going to go back to this home analogy. So let's say you had a home and you had all sorts of things getting in your house, okay? Uh, let's say random people could walk in your home that you did not know. And you're like, I, I got a problem. I come into my house and it's not secure. I found uh, the neighbor's child in my house. I found the neighbor in my house. I found a guy who doesn't even live in San Antonio in my house. And they just walk in. They walk in. One jumped in through a window. One came in through the front door. One came in through the back door. One dug a hole in my roof and just plopped right in. I've got all these problems. My home is not secure. That is kind of what our southern border is, okay? So why do Republicans want a wall? Brian Slayton filed a, a bill to build the wall back in the session that Greg Bonin and others opposed, didn't fund. They didn't want to build a wall. And he said at the time, we need to secure the border. We need to stop the illegal invasion of Texas. That makes sense. That's probably something we can get on board with to say our state is not secure. Our border is not secure if people can just walk in. But notice what Chairman Bonin is now saying we're going to get for the $1.8 billion. Now, here's what you need to understand. Republican politicians are going to post on social media for the next week solid saying Texas is securing the border. We're going to secure the border. We're going to spend more money than we've ever spent in the history of Texas on securing the border. Cool. So will the border be secure by the end of it? Here's a bigger question. And what was asked to Chairman Bonin, do you plan on the border being secure? And he actually tells us. He tells us that the plan is to funnel people into Texas in a more concentrated manner. His words, not mine. So if I told you, hey, my home is not secure. I had a guy jump in through the fence, over the fence, one guy jumped in through the roof, one guy, you know, broke a window, and the other guy walked through the front door. And I had a little kid who, you know, crawled through the doggy door that I have that's supposed to be for a little dog. And this just this little neighbor's kid came up. I had to take him back to the neighbor. Okay. So then they go, we're going to spend all this money. We're going to secure your home. And you go, cool, awesome. So seven people came into my house over the last three months. I don't feel like I have a secure home. And they go, well, we got a plan. We're going to spend $50,000 securing your house. You go, cool. How many people are going to come into my home when you're done securing it? They're like, uh, I would say seven. Okay. That's, but that's not what I asked. I want a secure house. Well, here's the thing. You'll know everybody coming into your house. I can tell you that. I think we're going to set it up to where they only come in through the front and the back door. And we're going to hire some people with this to like just check them on the, Like when they walk in, we're going to say, hey, can you give me your name? Okay. But they're still going to get in the house. Yes. Okay. And evidently, Greg Bonin thinks that this is what all the ranchers in South Texas want. All the women that are scared to go outside who are being overrun by a million people that are going to walk across the border this year, Greg Bonin thinks the problem 
is that they're not coming in a more concentrated, orderly fashion into our state. They are not illegally entering our state in fewer points of entry. It's almost like, hey, people are mad that it's a kind of a buckshot invasion and they want like a straight shot invasion where just a million people kind of funnel right up a couple roads and we can just look and know everyone coming across. That is the Republican plan to secure the border. It is. It is a bad plan. It is a plan that will succeed in its objective, which is to concentrate the flow of illegals into our state. It will fail to secure the border. That's what you need to know. So when the border is not secure in six months or nine months or a year, no one can be surprised because Republican leaders told us on the floor of the Texas House they had no plan to secure the border. Well, there is a growing debate going on in the Texas House. And this debate is over whether or not all of the Democrat chairmen who were given these very powerful positions by Dade Phelan should keep those powerful positions even after they quit their job. Um, these Democrats are using these powerful positions to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars to turn Texas blue. Dade Phelan, Dustin Burroughs, Will Metcalf, Jim Murphy, the caucus chairman, all of these people are literally working. They are working to protect these Democrats because they are part, I almost said fart. I don't know if that gets, does that get like edited out? I don't know. We're going to find out. Um, I didn't mean to say it. It was accident. Okay. They are part of the problem because they are part of a weak group of Republican leaders that have been empowering Democrats in Texas for a very long time. We hand away millions of dollars worth of fundraising to powerful chairmen who are Democrats. Now, these Democrats helped get Dade Phelan elected as the speaker. They helped him bypass the caucus process that was created to only empower Republicans to choose the speaker. So it makes sense that he then gave them a bunch of powerful positions. But even after they snubbed their nose at every Texan and walked away, he's still protecting them. There is a move, college Republicans. So just so you understand, like the conservative, you have conservative college students, maybe like Young Americans for Liberty, um, Young Conservatives of Texas, uh, what is it, the TPUSA, that's like the Charlie Kirk group. The most establishment moderate wing of the Republican Party is reflected in the college Republicans. And if you're a Texas college Republican and you're mad at me for saying that, I, I'm sorry. But my point is, if you look at those groups, it's kind of an undeniable fact that like the more establishment wing of the Republican Party will be identified within that group, Okay. And the same thing with the young Republicans in comparison. Nobody has considered the young Republicans a group of people who have been like actively advocating to take the Republican Party in a more conservative direction. They generally support the status quo within the GOP. All of these people, 100% of the SREC members, the state Republican executive committee, it was like a you know, 53% supported Matt Rinaldi for chairman, but 100% of them said we should strip every one of these Democrats of their chairmanships. They want it to happen, and it's not happening. 
Not only is it not happening, Dade Phelan and his leadership team are specifically working to try to pass a plan that doesn't punish Democrats and leaves the future punishment of the Democrats solely within the purview of the speaker. So, at the end of the day, um, we're going to see what happens in the next week. But what's likely to happen is that they're not, Dade Phelan is going to fight, and his leadership team is going to fight to make sure Democrats do not get punished, period. And then secondarily, uh, the question is going to be, what do Republican lawmakers do about it? Do they care? Do you think they care? We're going to find out. What do they do? What do they do when their own Republican leader protects Democrats for weeks after those Democrats abandoned Texas and ignored their calls to try to at least get a vote on a plan? Who knows? Lastly, property taxes. And we're going to close this out. By the way, we have a couple different conversations in the works with uh, various people that I think you'll find interesting. I have not been doing as many conversations with travel and with summer and all sorts of things. It's been a lot harder to sit down and, and have one-on-ones um, with everyone, but I am working on, on several different opportunities that I think each and every one of you all will learn from. Lastly, I want to kind of close out in property taxes. Now, Texans are being taxed out of their home. This is a fact. We know it's happening. It's not a debatable issue. Every week, every month... Sometimes during the session, it's a daily occurrence in Texas legislators' office that I've talked to. The people are calling them saying, I'm getting taxed out of my home. And so Don Huffines and Alan West and Chad Prather and all these Republicans who are running for governor have said, we need to address property tax relief in a serious issue. And because of that, they've put Greg Abbott in a situation where he has to at least look like he's doing something. So he goes to the special session and says, hey, I want you to give property tax relief in the special session. So after a never calling for big property tax relief in the regular session. It ends. He goes, put it on the special session because now I'm in a primary, right? So now we're in a primary and the Texas House and the Senate team up to pass property tax relief in the future for disabled people and anyone over 65. The over 65 one even says, hey, if you're over 65, your property taxes are going to freeze in 2023. Okay. So let's go to this analogy one more time. I like analogies. Hopefully you like the home analogy. I thought it was a pretty good analogy. So somebody's treading water. Think of this as your property tax bill. You're 68 years old. You're on a fixed income. You're calling your state representative. You're saying, hey... I'm drowning. I'm about to have to sell my home because I can't afford the property tax bill every year. It's eating away what I need to live. I paid my home off, but I got to pay this bill every single month. And your state representative says, I got you. You need relief. Okay. And then they come in and they go, hey, um, I got good news. The water you're treading is only going to get added to a little bit for the next two years. And then two years from now, we're going to stop adding water entirely. You're welcome. Hmm. So I'm 65. Or wait, how old was this person, this analogy? 68, I think I said? Okay. So 68, and I'm going, wait a second. I literally told you I'm drowning. 
I can currently drown in the water I'm in. And you're going to put some more into it for the next two years. But then in two years, you're going to stop adding to it. And you think you've provided me property tax relief. This is the broken mentality of our elected political class, the elites that simply don't understand. And here's the weird thing. If you go to a meeting and you say, raise your hand if you can't afford your property taxes, every single hand goes up. These people are getting taxed out of their homes. And then what if you came back and said, we address property tax relief this special session? And everyone goes, yeah, great. Are my property taxes going down? Well, are you disabled? Um, not me. No. I mean, maybe one of the people in this room is, well, he's getting some property tax relief. We're going to freeze his property taxes. I mean, who here is over 65? Well, y'all, in two years, your property tax is getting frozen too. What if I'm under 65 and I'm not disabled? Yeah, you're not getting nothing. Okay, but I told you I can't afford this. You said we needed to deal with this. Well, we did for these little groups of people, which, by the way, doesn't address anything because government is going to grow substantially still. And do you know what they're going to grow on the backs of? Any of you who are listening that are not disabled, and if you're over 65, it's going to grow on your backs for another two years, and then it's going to stop growing on your backs and it'll grow on all your kids and all your grandkids' backs. This is fantastic. Welcome to our solution for property tax relief. I don't think it's a very serious solution. I think it's got some serious problems. And I think serious problems require serious solutions. And you don't have an elected group of officials in the Republican Party that are actually trying to advance serious solutions. And that's the problem. So if you're getting taxed out of your home, if you're Worried about the entire open border that we are experiencing in Texas. The open border we have, just know, unfortunately, you should not plan for that being addressed. Because the existing elected officials that are there aren't even planning to address it. They are planning on spending billions of dollars. And they are planning on campaigning on those billions of dollars. And telling you that they spent billions of dollars. And they are not going to tell you that they spent billions of dollars to funnel people into this state in a more uniform manner. They're going to tell you they spent that money to secure the border, but that's not true. And every one of them are on that floor, and they all heard Chairman Bonin speak. And Chairman Bonin is either a liar, if you're going to tell me, well, he really wants to secure the border. He's either intentionally misleading people, or I think, let me tell you what I think. I don't think he's a liar. I think he's telling the truth. I think Chairman Bonin actually has no plan to secure the border. I think Chairman Bonin was actually being honest with Texans when he told us on the floor of the House, we're going to go spend money so that we funnel illegals into our state in a more orderly manner. Yeah, he told us the truth. And our goal with the Luke Messiah show is to bring this to you so you at least see it and can go, oh, wow, yeah. It's not just the Democrats that are letting massive open borders happen. The Republicans are telling us they're planning for open borders while, like, if I leave my front door and back door open, I have an open house. According to Bonin, it's almost like he thinks, well, if you, if you patch up the windows and cover up that hole in the roof, you've got a secure house. No, you're leaving the doors open. Well, we can't, like, close them. We can't not let people in. So... Just know that's where we're at as a state, as a nation. These are big issues, and they need big, serious, 
bold solutions. And I believe over the next several years, Texans are going to have a chance to continue to advocate and push and force all of these people who do not know how to solve these problems to actually address the problems. But it will take us actually first knowing that they're not serious about it. And that's why we talk about these issues on this show. My hope is that you can share this with other of your friends who might just watch Fox News, who might just listen to talk radio, and they're thinking Democrats are the problem, Republicans are fighting, and we just need to win this state back. But here's the truth. We have control of the state. Every single thing we want to do, we can do. We're not doing it because Republicans don't want it to happen. If we gave Republicans another 10 seats in the Texas House, another two or three seats in the state Senate, a, broad, a wider margin on the statewide side, they wouldn't secure the border because they are planning to fail at the border. You have to hold them accountable. This is what's required. In order to address the problems in your state, you have to know the landscape. In order to win a battle, you have to know who's on your side. If you're on the side of saying, I want to secure the border, the other people, anybody on the other side are not on your team. But we get into such this tribalistic mentality where as long as you have the red shirt on, you must be okay. And that's just not true. We know it's not true. And the sad thing about what happened when Chairman Bonin talked to soon-to-be former Chairman Nchia, hopefully, is that he literally told us all that he's not actually planning on doing anything. Thank you for listening to the show. Please share it with other people. Please help us spread the message across Texas um, so that we can get to the bottom of these issues and so that hopefully over time, Texans can be made more aware of what's happening in both parties on the most important issues, on property taxes, on shared power, on empowering Democrats for Republicans, and on securing the Texas border. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Do you know someone between 18 and 25 years old with an interest in public policy, effective civic engagement, political accountability, and Texas history? Then you've got to tell them about the Texas Scorecard Fellowship. Applicants need only to demonstrate a commitment to foundational conservative principles, strong character, and a committed work ethic in order to be competitive. This fellowship does not require applicants to be enrolled in a college or university, and fellows will be paid a $2,000 monthly stipend for the duration of their fellowship. At the end of the program, the ideal participant will leave equipped with the knowledge and the skills to effectively and meaningfully communicate through multiple media formats the public policy process of the state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.